welcome to the Daily Reel, the daily Monday through Thursday live YouTube show where we talk about the movie news. We talk about what's happening in the thing that we all love. You know you love it. That's why you're here. That's why you clicked on this video. That's why YouTube suggested it. They just said, hey, you like movies? Dean likes movies too. And let's talk about the thing that we like together. So, a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Ocean's Eleven. It's back. I guess it's not done. There's going to be some more. We'll we'll discuss that and whether that's good or not. The Flash has reviews out. We'll be taking a look at the Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Uh, I know sometimes I talk about Rotten Tomatoes too much, but I just I just really enjoy looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score. So we'll take a look at that and some of the reviews that are coming out for the Flash. Got some Star Wars news coming up quick. But right off the bat, let's talk about Zack Snyder. Hated, <laughs> seemingly hated by critics, apparently loved by the internet, Zack Snyder is coming back to direct a new series. Uh, I think it's a two-parter, that's where it's at right now with Netflix, called Rebel Moon. And there's been all kinds of chat online about this series and what it's going to look like um people have talked about like vikings in space like that that was something i saw thrown out there uh okay uh not a lot though as far as what is actually happening just a lot of it's it feels like this it feels like this tons of star wars they're talking about star Wars. i don't know what it is everyone just needs to stop there is not another Star Wars. Everyone says, oh, it's this person's Star Wars, and it's that person's Star Wars. No, it isn't. Star Wars is Star Wars. Uh, this might be an epic, but it's not Star Wars. But people have been talking about it as if it's a new Star Wars. You guys remember when, uh, what was it? Uh, I forget his name, Landis. Uh, Landis's kid, when he directed, uh, or when he wrote Bright, and he was talking about how that was his Star Wars. So, like, we could calm down on the whole it's uh, that person's Star Wars thing. Uh, but, you know, like, uh, if it's anything close to Star Wars, if it's even in the conversation, hey, that has me excited, right? So we've got some images from Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair went out, and I guess they just did, like, the whole nine with uh, Zack Snyder in showing a little bit about what he was trying to do. And again, this movie is coming to Netflix. It's coming to Netflix, uh, I think it's December 22nd. It's So right before Christmas, it's going to be able to be streamed at home. So let's take a look at some of the images that are coming out. Uh, so, And with the images, we do have some of the story. Now, there's an interview. It's like you can go and look at the article if you want after. Uh, but it's an interview and just going through like, like he talks about ensemble movies and how he just feels like he always gets kind of stuck making an ensemble, uh, uh, ensemble movie. But, uh, you know, he got some images and like, what is actually interesting isn't so much the images. It's actually the, des the descriptions of them. All right. So we've got this image here. If you remember, this is the mummy from when, uh, Universal was going to do their their monster universe. Remember that. Uh, so this is Sophia Butula uh, Batella. That's probably how you say it. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Sophia Batella's Cora. 
So we get a name and we get a little bit about this. So we're going to kind of just dive through this thing, try to figure out what's happening in this Rebel Moon movie. A fugitive warrior in hiding harvests the grain that sustains the small moon that she has come to call home. All right. So you can see this, uh, the title there goes galactic in the first look at rebel moon. Let's, let's just look at some of these pictures in the descriptions. So, uh, rebel moon lineup. So here's, here's the ensemble for this film. Uh, we have nemesis is the name of the character played by Donna Bay blood Axe. So if you're beginning to start to get like the idea of what this movie is going to be, just the names here, Nemesis and Blood Axe. Blood Axe is played by Ray Fisher. Tarek, uh, played by Stas Nair. Uh, Gunner, Michael Hausman. Cora, Sofia Botula. I don't know why I say, I'm Italian. Butella, <laughs> Kai, Charlie Hunnam, and uh, Milius e duffy and general titus played by jaman hansu so let's let's take a look at these guys you see it's i don't know it's kind of giving me some of the vibes of like uh um total recall like when like the mars stuff like it's i don't know it's it's gritty it's dark has a firefly-esque kind of look uh a little over the top as far like just looking at these pictures but um you know it seems like a lot of people will be like okay that's Zack Snyder like it looks like something Zack Snyder would come up with uh I will just point out a couple of things Jamon Hansu is great in everything so put him in anything and I'll be interested uh y y even the people that hate Shazam are still like Jamon Hansu was great <laughs> So, uh, and then Charlie Hunnam is an interesting actor right now. He, he just came off of a film, uh, where he played, uh, a detective and I thought that was actually pretty good. Uh, I'm forgetting what the name of it is, but someone could check that after. Um, but there's, there's a lot of talk about what this is going to be. This version of like an empire here, we have Cora and Gunner in a rainstorm work to find fighters to defend their moon from the Imperium. So that's that's the big bad, the Imperium. So here they write, the moon of Velt uh, is as David facing down the Goliath of the mother world, which has amassed abundant wealth, political power, and an immense army. Velt is nowhere special until the uh, rulers of the mother, er mother world decide to seize it as a breadbasket. They land in the village to say, listen, you guys will be our local food source while we're tromping around this part of the galaxy. So how long till the harvest comes in? The villagers are pretty much stunned by the brutality, but they don't realize what level the mother world's ready to go to, Zack Snyder says. So essentially, we have this main character of Korra who has been a part of the Imperium, which is, you can think of like the Empire has been a part of that and was some kind of crazy warrior, like just an insanely victorious warrior and left it, became disillusioned, deconstructed and left this, this group and joined on this moon. And uh, I guess they're just farmers. They're just farmers there until we get a bug's life 
and we get the grasshoppers coming in and saying, you got to give us all your food. I don't know. Like, as I'm looking at this, like, I love sci-fi and like, in a way, I kind of do dig some of the stuff that Zack Snyder does. Like, the, the Zack Snyder Justice League is fantastic. It's great. Uh, so much, so much better than Joss Whedon's. It's insane. Now, it's crazy long, too long. It could have been much shorter. But that movie is awesome. And it's kind of a shame that it had to go through the route that it did and the internet had to get involved for that thing to even be made. Because if that's what we got in theaters, like that, that, that whole universe, I think, would be quite a bit different. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. But I enjoy a lot of what Zack Snyder does. I love his Man of Steel. Um, now, some of his other movies, I don't know. And like, it's just kind of, there's something, there's something about his style that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I, I think that he was able to get away from it a little bit with these like concrete characters of the Justice League. And even then, a lot of people are saying, no, he didn't actually. It's just like that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm just saying, like, I like some of his stuff and I'm I don't know some of his other things. It just doesn't really speak to me. But this this should speak to me because it's a sci fi and it's a classic story of a, you know, a forgotten hero, you know, being in the middle of, you know, a peaceful area and someone comes in, some threat comes in and they have to, you know, show their skill once again and go and fight for these people, fight for the peace. Um, that being said, like the names are really on the nose. And then some of these images are, I don't know, like just a little weird. You know, I do like seeing this thing is cute. It's cute. Him and his wife. Um, but then we get Charlie Hunnam as the starship pilot Kai, a galactic gun for hire seen here aboard his freighter. Uh, I kind of dig that. I kind of, I like the look of it. I like, you know, when I see stuff like this, I immediately start looking at the technology behind it and it looks a little different, a little interesting. Uh, and then we got, you know, my man, Jamon Hansu here. Uh, and Cora finds him, and this is General Titus, uh, a gladiator, which, come on, do we have to do that to him again? <laughs> like, yes, we know he was in Gladiator. Do we have to keep doing this to Juan Hansu? <laughs> He's just like this defeated warrior. Uh, General Titus living as a gladiator and asks him to fight the mother world he once defended. So it's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff, like the Empire and like this okay <laughs> like i feel like we should have honest trailers inserting abs you know <laughs> like what um but then then we get into this stuff and this is kind of the stuff that makes me go like i don't know about this duna bay at the forefront of a swords master named nemesis again names here uh behind her from the left charlie hunnam's kai star nares uh staz nares Tarek a local bystander and Michael Hoosman's gunner. Um, and just like the look of some of this stuff, I don't know. It looks like he's trying to go for something closer to Denis Villeneuve's Dune and then mixing his style with it. And I just don't know if it's going to work. I, I have some reservations about this thing. Uh, but again, it's on Netflix. So it's, 
not going to be something that's like a big deal to go to the movie theater and go and see. It's worth a shot. I'll see it when it comes out. Uh, but I will say nothing in here gets me all that excited. Even here, Ray Fisher as uh, Darien Bloodaxe, an insurgent who stages covert attacks on the mother world's dictatorship. So there's going to be already some fe- uh, freedom fighters that the, the farmers are going to you know team up with. Um, and we get, we got quite a few more. Here's one that I really wanted to focus in. Ed screen as the mother world's enforcer, Admiral Noble. Again, some of these names is just kind of ridiculous. Admiral Noble flanked by two scribes who record and distort the dictatorship's history. Now check it out. All right. What does that look like? You don't need to say it here because YouTube will be like, nope, we're not putting this stream out to anybody. Um, but a little a little on the nose, right? Like, oh, okay, they're the bad guys. Let's like make them look like the, the most awful, historically bad people. And then there's a lot of religious undertones. Like you can see the scribe carrying you know at least in some way some kind of like religious book and i don't know it's this kind of stuff that makes me go like uh, this might be like a little bit outside my wheelhouse i just don't dig this style to me this looks kind of corny i don't know maybe i'm being too harsh but i'm just not not excited by that uh and we get a close-up on one of the scribes and you could see here it looks like a lot of his uh, other stuff, um, uh, whatever the zombie movie was in Las Vegas, like it, it looks like quite a bit of that mixed with religious stuff and a little bit of sci-fi in it. But the scribes are quasi-religious, as I said, you know, obviously religious um, uh, aspects to the look. Figures who have the power to imprint memories in the mind of humans used as living history books. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of trippy sequences with that. Uh, but mostly here's, here's my point. I like that Zack Snyder's doing something again. Uh, Zack Snyder has been through the ringer. And even though like, I'm sure that there are people who are upset that he was able to accomplish, you know, his movie, um, because the internet basically forced, uh, Warner brothers to, to do that, I'm sure that there are people who are upset about that and think that he has too much power. But again, he went through just an awful family experience, a tragedy in his family. And uh, I'm just I'm just glad to see him, you know, starting something new and doing something a little bit different, a little bit unique, uh, trying to come up with a new story. And as I said, sometimes with his visual style, I do I, sometimes it's a little off-putting to me, but I will say overall, I enjoy Zack Steiner's work. So for him to, you know, get another opportunity to create something different, not work with, you know, actual properties and have those, you know, structures in place. I'm interested to see what he comes out with. Will I enjoy it once it's out? Maybe not, but even, even that image, like that looks pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. And again, it's on Netflix. So it's not much of a risk or anything. If it, if it's not something that, you know, you enjoy, but we get a little bit about that. The first look at rebel moon. Let me know what you think. 
down in the comment section. Am I being too harsh about the names? Blood Axe and General Admiral Noble and you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it, to me, it's a little on the nose, but let me know what you think down in the comment section. I'd be interested to find out your opinion. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about star Wars. Let's talk star Wars because we have a little bit of news. Uh, the last week empire has been, uh, throwing out some images that has some people talking I haven't really seen anything in the images that has me all that interested as far as, you know, diving deep into, you know, what's coming in the Ahsoka series, but they've been throwing out those images and with it, little tidbits of information about this series. And today we got one that I think is actually super interesting and it's about this character. It's about, uh, Bri, what is it? Braylon Skull. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. We'll find out when the series airs. Um, but he's a force wielder, and we saw him in the trailer with, um, you know, another character, assumedly um, his apprentice. But uh, they're they're fighting, and we we don't know a whole lot about them other than that they're not Jedi and they're not Sith. And so it's just like, what is? Who are these people? We've talked about them a couple times, but today we got a little bit more information. So, uh, this is from Ray Stevenson himself who, you know, recently passed away, uh, pretty big tragedy, um, for, for him and his family, uh, as far as, you know, just losing a loved one. Uh, but it's, it's also disappointing for us as star Wars fans to a far less degree, obviously. Uh, but you know, we, this is his story and we're not going to see it continue and we don't get to hear him talk about it. And it's kind of a shame because he's been in stuff, but we haven't had a lot of, uh, you know, he, he hasn't gotten his flowers, you know, he didn't, he didn't get to have that. And I was, I was looking forward to him getting his flowers after RRR and, uh, you know, he was, he was great in the Thor movies and I was looking forward to, all right, he's going to be in star Wars. He's going to be a household name and, you know, we'll see him in all the interviews and people can praise his work a little bit. I like it when, you know, a longtime working actor gets a role like this that is so big that it just kind of, you know, makes everyone go back and look at his older stuff. And it's kind of disappointing that he, he won't be able to get that or at least he didn't get to have that enough. But this is him talking to Empire uh, back in the day, I guess. Uh, Balin Skull is not genocidal or malicious or overly aggressive, he will request that you get out of his way. But if you don't, he will take you out of his way, which to me sounds like an awesome character. Like he's not, he's not malicious. He's not going after people and, and just, you know, like bloodlust of, I'm just going to destroy everything in my path. He has a purpose and, uh, he will not stop to accomplish that purpose. Now, another thing that was said here, I think is really important. Now, this is from Collider, uh, describing the Empire article that's going to be in the magazine. It's not online. Um, but Collider, like, so I'm, it's Empire via Collider. Uh, like many, it would seem his character, uh, Braylon Skull, uh, was a survivor of Order 66. And in the aftermath of the Jedi call, turned embittered toward his fate, using his Force-sensitive abilities to become a mercenary for hire. 
which in turn led him to becoming one of Grand Admiral Thrawn's uh, most trusted enforcers. That's huge. That's a huge, like, little piece of information, but so huge to figure out what's happening in the story. I thought that these two were going to be like almost like a third party trying to find something, but uh, most trusted enforcers roaming the galaxy and ensuring order was followed in the way that the fallen empire would have wanted it to be. So um, Braylon skull and his apprentice uh, were at least in some way, at least him, he was a Jedi. He was a Jedi apprentice or a Padawan, uh, who survived. He survived order 66 and then just became a mercenary. That to me is so cool. (laughs) Like I know that there's lots of people right now who hear that information and they're saying like, does any, like, do any Jedi die in, (laughs) you know, order 66? Because we're just getting, you know, baby Grogu. Uh, he survived. And obviously we've got, um, uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, what's what's his name? Blanking on his name. Freddie Prince Jr.'s character. Uh, he he survives. Caleb Dune. Uh, and you know we've got this person, this person. Obviously, Ahsoka herself uh, existing in in the universe. And like, why why do we have all these people? You know, what? How did they survive when the Empire is so big and powerful and all of that kind of stuff? There, some people will be like, this is too much. Another one, another Jedi surviving. To me, I just think about it. thousands. There were thousands of Jedi. And to think that like all of them died in one day, I think is kind of ridiculous. And I think that a lot of them probably survived in different ways. And so I think that it's okay for us to continue to get these kinds of stories where um, you know, I don't think it's going against the canon of Star Wars or belittling Revenge of the Sith to have, uh, you know, if you're thinking about thousands and thousands of Jedi, you know, a couple hundred could survive and be out there in the universe. And it's a big universe and they could hide pretty well. So for me, that's not an issue. I actually enjoy it. I like hearing about like these people's, you know, path toward freedom and like trying to just uh, survive Jedi survivor, right? Like trying to survive in the universe. I enjoy that. But the big piece for me is not that, okay, he was a Jedi and then was kind of forced into this life where he became a mercenary. That's cool. And honestly worthy of a bunch of comics. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm expecting this character to get a bunch of comics made about him and his past, but Admiral Thrawn, he works for Admiral Thrawn. That's huge. That's really important. Like now we kind of get, okay, when we see them in the trailer, we know that they're working as the hands of Admiral Thrawn. And now we get action from Thrawn for a long time. You know, we've been talking about him as like creeping in the shadows. And we saw in the Mandalorian with the secret council, you know, he wasn't even there for that. And he was working through his right hand man and Like, that's cool and everything, but now we see action. Not just talking, but he actually has sent these mercenaries to go and do something for him. Get Ahsoka out of the way, destroy her, or, you know, find something. I think that's more likely what's going to happen. It's going to be 
some kind of attempt to get an item that they need. Um, maybe some kind of relic or something like that, or to uh, find Ezra. We don't know exactly, but now we see action from Admiral Thrawn that these guys are acting as his hands to go and accomplish things. And to me, that's really cool because I, I, I dig the whole, like he's, you know, the secret, you know, spider, you know, working his web and everything. And he, you know, he's the big bad with the big bad plan. I get that. That's cool. But now to see he has sent these people to go and accomplish his will. That to me is way more exciting than just that he has a plan and everything is going according to plan. Now he has to enact that plan. And Braylon Skull is one of the ways that he is enacting his plan for the universe. That's really interesting. Let me know what you think about that down in the comments section. To me, that gets me even more hyped for this series. So excited for the Ahsoka series. I think it's going to be really, really good. Now, something that is kind of weird today. Uh, not a name that I thought we'd be talking about, but the Ocean's Eleven movies. You know, lots of people love this series. They, they're just big fans of it. Um, you know, like whether it's the stars attached, whether you're just all about George Clooney, Brad Pitt, um, you know, Don Cheadle, Matt Damon, all these guys, Bernie Mac, that a lot of people love this franchise. It is fun, but for me, it's never been like one of those top tier ones. I got to admit though, the news today has me really interested because they've tried it. They they went with the all-female cast of their Oceans, um, you know, uh, attempt at, at, at a reboot. I don't know if that's going to get a sequel. I actually didn't think that movie was that bad, but a lot of people didn't like it. Um, but now, instead of doing a sequel, they're doing a prequel. And uh, this is coming from Collider uh, today. The temperature is set to rise this summer as the new Ocean's Eleven prequel is set to start rolling cameras relatively soon. It has been confirmed that Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie will be starring in it, bringing their chemistry to a project completely different from what they have worked on before. So we have Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie going to be in a prequel of Ocean's Eleven. Now, obviously, we've seen from the trailers, they do have chemistry. Like, you don't even have to go and see the Barbie movie. You probably will. But uh, you don't have to go and see the Barbie movie to get that they have chemistry. Those two already, just in the trailers, have a lot of chemistry. Maybe more than a lot of people have in their own movies. But to see them in the Oceans universe? I don't know. Uh, can you call it a universe? I don't know. But in the Oceans franchise, I don't know. Uh, like, again, I'm not a huge fan of this franchise, but there are so many people of all different ages that love that franchise. I will say, Ryan Gosling in anything, I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see. Loved him in La La Land. Loved him way back in the day with Remember the Titans. Okay, like, um, he's he's great. but And, and Margot Robbie is really good, too. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to probably see it just because of that. And to see, you know, what kind of energy he brings to the movie. Is he going to do something like and who who are they playing? Is it 
you know, a, a prequel as in like, is Ryan Gosling going to play a younger version of Brad Pitt? Because at this stage, like he's not that much younger than Brad Pitt was when he first did Ocean's Eleven. So like, what, what is that? But they have similar energy, Brad Pitt and Ryan Gosling. I can see Ryan Gosling playing uh, that version uh, of that character pretty well. Um, but like, are we dealing with actual characters? Are Because I don't see Ryan Gosling being Danny Ocean. I just don't. So who's he going to play? How is this connected? Who's Margot Robbie going to play? Are, is it connected in a way that we see exact characters in their younger stages of life? Or are we just talking like way back in the day and, and a similar kind of thing than Ocean's Eleven? Are we talking about maybe the the thieves that train Danny Ocean? You know, like this, all that kind of gets me a little bit interested and especially like these names being attached to it. I think that they're going to knock it out of the park. This is a movie that now is on my radar, even though I'm not a huge fan of the Ocean's franchise. Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie being part of it and going to a prequel of something that we already know, like that gets me interested. So all of a sudden I'm looking forward to this movie and apparently it's set to like, I think it said it's set to film like this summer, like in just a couple of weeks, they're going to start filming this thing, which is interesting with everything else going on with SAG and with the writers guild all on strike and all of that they're ready to go with this this movie. So I find that really interesting, but let me know what you think down in the comment section. Now, let's talk about The Flash. Okay, this one is maybe going to get me in trouble, but I am seeing signs that The Flash is going to underperform. All right, for so long, we've heard about how amazing this movie is. Whether it's James Gunn in his talk about, you know, what they're going to be doing with this new DC universe. He did talk about The Flash and said it's one of the best comic book movies ever made. That's what James Gunn said. Uh, other people have said similar sentiments. They've said that this movie is great. It's fantastic. It's going to be, you know, a masterpiece, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the reviews are starting to come in. And all of a sudden... You know, a couple of weeks ago, they talked about that, that 70 million estimate and everyone's saying that's ridiculous. It's going to be so much more than that. Well, maybe it is, but I'm beginning to think maybe it won't even hit 70. And the reason why is because of, uh, because of this. All right. Let me, let me head over here. 73%. All right. I know I put a lot of stock in Rotten Tomatoes. I talk about Rotten Tomatoes quite a bit. Because I think it's one of those few places that we actually get consensus without arguing over each other. <laughs> like it's just people giving their opinions and it all just gets, you know, put together. So I actually really appreciate Rotten Tomatoes. Now, it's not always the best indicator. I will say there, there are some times when it's just like obvious that some people are just trying to tank a movie. Uh, I don't get that with this. There are some people who are saying that, but I don't get that with this. Now, again... As I say a lot of times now, uh, because apparently it's not just everyone releasing their stuff every day, every time, all on one day, we have 79 reviews. Now that's, that's quite a bit, actually. It's, it's not like, you know, we have like 10, like the last couple that we talked about, like the first, uh, numbers that we're getting in on some of these movies like Transformers yesterday, we, we've got 79. 
and the tomato meter is at 73%. Now that's fresh, right? Like that's good. 73% means that most critics are looking at this movie and saying it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. But what that means also is that it's not upper tier. All right. Uh, at least according to these critics. Now, maybe fans will get in there and we'll watch it. And the Ezra Miller stuff aside, let's say that WB comes out and they're just like, ah, we've, you know, we've messed up. You know, we want to be clear. Ezra Miller is not going to be back. He's the Flash. Whatever. We all go and we see this movie and, uh, you know, maybe we love it. Maybe we love it way more than the critics. Maybe the percentages are going to be really off where it's going to be 98 audience uh, rating and then, you know, whatever it's going to be, 73 it's hard. It's hard to climb up. It's hard to climb up like to high numbers when you start off with that. So 73%, I don't expect it to go much higher. But what that means to me is that it's not the classic movie that people are, have tried to make it out to see. Like they, they've been talking about this as the best comic book movie. They've been talking about this as like this insane time travel multiverse story. And what I'm getting out of it and reading through the reviews I don't think it's going to be that. Now, this movie has so much against it. All right. Whether it's the crazy amount of time that this movie has been in production. Uh, I mean, years and years and years and rewrites and different people attached. You remember when Lord Miller was supposed to do this movie? Like that wasn't that long ago. And then they went and did Into the Spider-Verse and then did Across the Spider-Verse before this movie even came out all right so lord miller were attached that fell through then we had um uh davies uh the the guy who um uh freaks and geeks from that he was supposed to do it i think and then that fell through and so it's just been a lot of different hardships then on top of all that you got the ezra miller crap where you know he's accused of all different kinds of things and a lot of people including myself are sitting here on the sidelines waiting for WB to say something before we're going to go and support this film like this. There's a lot writing against this thing. And there's a lot writing on this thing as far as where the DC universe is going to go, how it's going to introduce James Gunn's universe. Supposedly, some of that will be happening in this. And I've heard that other things are just not. And we're going to be left wondering, you know, what's what's going on here. So a lot of people have watched this movie now and the sentiment that I get is that it's good, but is good, good enough to be able to conquer all the different hardships that this movie has in order to be successful and in order to be, um, loved by, by fans. And to me, 73% isn't enough. And honestly, if it is, Anything close to that. Maybe the number climbs. Maybe we get 10 reviews in today and the number shoots up to, I don't know, like 80%, you know, and, and it just goes up from there. Maybe that happens. But I expect this number to even go down a little bit. And if it's somewhere around 70 to 75%, I'm left here wondering why WB took such a big risk with Ezra Miller for the sake of a 75% movie. You know, and again, if it is 70 to 75 percent, I don't expect it to make a hundred million dollars to overperform 
like Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse succeeded because it's a great movie. It's super good. And everybody loved it. And it doesn't have any of like the hardships that that are attached to the Flash movie. It doesn't have the director coming out and defending a man who's or a person who's accused of all different kinds of stuff. Like it doesn't have that. What it does have is an incredible film that was uh, a vision from one, you know, directing team to be able to come through with this amazing story for fans. And yes, a lot of fan service in it. What I'm getting from this movie is that there's a lot of fan service, but some of it is over the top and it's kind of cheesy. And for me, that makes me go like, oh, I think that would probably work for me. But the general audience, I don't know if they're going to dig that. And I think if it's not said to be so great and all the buzz has been, oh, it's it's phenomenal until right now. And the critics start coming out and saying it's not that great. It's a good movie. I think that a lot of audiences are just going to be like, meh. I'll go see across the spider verse again, you know, like, or I'll, I'll go see transformers or I'll go see fast X or I'll go see little mermaid or I'll go see, you know, fill in the blank. There's so many movies right now. So this movie needed to have incredible buzz to be successful and it's not getting that. And there are still people who are saying it's going to be way more than that 70 million for me. I'm calling it right now. This movie is going to get 60, 60, I'm going to say 67. It's going to almost get to that 70, but it's not going to overperform. And 67 million for this movie is a failure for DC, a failure for Warner Brothers. And, you know, they've been building it up like this is the thing. We, you know, we know that some of the other movies haven't been so great, but this is the one, you know, they, they kind of like threw Shazam. Fury of the Gods just underneath the bus, Black Adam under the bus. There's tons of tons of DC characters underneath the bus saying that, like, just wait for the Flash. The Flash is going to change things. And if it doesn't, if it's 67 million, if it's around 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think that Warner Brothers is in real big trouble. What do you think? Let me know down in the comments section. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen the movie. So I'm just gauging off of what I'm watching, you know, here and looking at and reading just like you guys. So uh, no inside information or anything like that. Haven't looked up spoilers except for the one that the director spoiled. Muschietti. <laughs> that's that's going to be something. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll just be like, Muschietti. <laughs> All right. That's it for the show today. Thanks for hanging out with me, talking about this movie news uh, again any of these stories, let me know what you think down in the comments section, hit the like button. That's a, that's going to make a big difference. If you, if you like this, if you like the idea of talking about movie news, you know, and you know, Hey, we'll get better as we go along. You know, sometimes you just got to learn and progress. And so if you like this thing and want me to continue, hit the like button that lets me know that you actually like it. And it lets YouTube know that maybe we should push this out to other movie fans. And eventually we can have a little community where we talk about these things together and have a little bit more dialogue back and forth. But uh, hit the like button. Think about subscribing to the channel. And I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Maybe even later on today. I think that there's some trailers coming out. We'll see. I'll see you tomorrow, though, at the very latest.